Hello and welcome to episode 817 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Wednesday, February 28th, 2024, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Happy birthday to my good friend, Dr. Dan Von Tama, if he ever listens to this program. Let us begin with the Wednesday prayer to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain deliverance from hell by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri. My most beloved lady, I thank thee for having delivered me from hell as many times as I've deserved it by my sins. Miserable creature that I was, I was once condemned to that prison and perhaps already after the first sin, the sentence would have been put into execution if thou and thy compassion hadst not helped me. Thou, without even being asked by me, and only in thy goodness, didst restrain divine justice, and then conquering my obduracy, thou didst draw me to have confidence in thee. O, oh, into how many other sins should I have afterwards fallen, in the dangers in which I have been? Hadst not thou, my loving mother, preserved me by the graces which thou didst obtain for me? Ah, my queen, continue to guard me from hell, for what will thy mercy, and the favors which thou hast shown me, avail me if I am lost? If I did not always love thee, now at least, after God, I love thee above all things. Never allow me to turn my back on thee and on God, who, by thy means, has granted me so many graces. My most amiable lady, never allow me to have the misfortune to hate thee and curse thee for all eternity in hell. Wilt thou endure to see a servant of thine who loves thee lost? O Mary, what sayest thou? I shall be lost if I abandon thee. But who can evermore have the heart to leave thee? How can I ever forget the love thou hast borne me? My lady, since thou hast done so much to save me, complete the work, continue thy aid. Wilt thou help me? But what do I say? If at a time when I live forgetful of thee, thou didst favor me so much, how much more may I not hope for now that I love thee and recommend myself to thee? No, he can never be lost who recommends himself to thee. He alone is lost who has not recourse to thee. Ah, my mother, leave me not in my own hands, for I should then be lost. Grant that I may always have recourse to thee. Save me, my hope. Save me from hell. But in the first place, save me from sin, which alone can condemn me to it. Today, friends, we had returned to fisheaters.com and the book Meditations for Lent by St. Thomas Aquinas. This was published by Sheed and Ward in 1937. Second Wednesday for the second Wednesday of Lent. The passion of Christ brought about our salvation because it was an act of satisfaction, is the title. St. Thomas Aquinas begins with a verse from 1 John 2, 2. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours, but only, but also for those of the whole world, number one. Satisfaction for offenses committed is truly made when there is offered to the person offended a thing which he loves as much as, or more than, he hates the offenses committed. Christ, however, by suffering out of love and out of obedience, offered to God something greater by far than the satisfaction called for by all the sins of all mankind, and this for three reasons. In the first place, there was the greatness of the love which moved him to suffer. Then there was the worth of the life which he laid down in satisfaction, the life of God and man. Finally, 
on account of the way in which his passion involved every part of his being and of the greatness of the suffering he undertook. So it is that the passion of Christ was not merely sufficient, but superabundant as a satisfaction for men's sins. It would seem indeed to be the case that satisfaction should be made by the person who committed the offense, but head and members are, as it were, one mystical person, and therefore the satisfaction made by Christ avails all the faithful as they are the members of Christ. One man can always make satisfaction for another so long as the two are one in charity. So friends, what Christ did for us is even greater than making up for our sins. Of course, he does that. But St. Thomas says, our Lord's passion is not merely sufficient, but super abundant as a satisfaction for men's sins. Uh, three reasons. Again, to, um, because this can't be emphasized enough, the greatness of the love which moved him to suffer, the worth of the life, it's the second person of the most holy trinity, and the account of the way in which his passion involved every part of his being and the greatness of the suffering he undertook. So this is more than we can possibly imagine. He more than makes up for all of our sins. These, this superabundance of love and grace that is poured out as a result of what Jesus did for us. It is beyond pleasing to our Heavenly Father. Number two, St. Thomas says, although Christ by his death made sufficient satisfaction for original sin, it is not unfitting that the penal consequences of original sin should still remain, even in those who are made sharers in Christ's redemption. This has been done fittingly and usefully so that the penalties remain even though the guilt has been removed. One, it has been done so that there might be conformity between the faithful and Christ, as there is conformity between members and head. Just as Christ first of all suffered many pains and came in this way to his glory, so it is only right that his faithful should also first be subjected to sufferings and thence enter into immortality, themselves bearing, as it were, the livery of the passion of Christ, so as to enjoy a glory somewhat like to his. In other words, in this life, we're to be like our leader. We're not to complain when we go through suffering. And we're, when we're tempted to complain, we look at that crucifix. Make sure you have a crucifix in your home or your apartment on the wall of your bedroom, perhaps on the wall when you're coming into your house, the, the front door, perhaps more than one. Is that because uh, we as Catholics are, are morbid and are, should always feel guilty and remorseful about what Jesus, did, what Jesus did for us? No, we should always be tremendously glad and indeed filled with a sense of joy for our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection because he's opened up the gates of heaven for us 
if we respond to his grace, if we respond to his love, and we need to remember that he went through suffering, if God incarnate, if perfection in the flesh went through suffering, then can't we expect to do the same? This wife is this life is not a bed of roses. We have to go through a lot of thorns in this life, and we can do it by God's grace to get to the proverbial bed of roses, as it were, in heaven. Moving on here to number two. A second reason is that if men coming to Christ were straight away freed from suffering and the necessity of death, only too many would come to him attracted rather by these temporal advantages than by spiritual things. And this would be altogether contrary to the intention of Christ, who came into this world that he might convert men from a love of temporal advantages and win them to spiritual things. In a way here, St. Thomas is admonishing the so-called health and wealth gospel, which is a problem in many Protestant circles. Of course, Protestantism is a problem in and of itself because it's a heresy. Protestants, you need to convert. You need to become Catholic. But I know this is an idea that not all Protestants share, but some do. It's the false health and wealth gospel. If I love Jesus, if I do what Jesus wants, then I'll be healthy and live a long life and make a lot of money. No, that's not what the gospel is all about. Gospel is all about the good news that we've said before, Jesus Christ paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And he, as St. Thomas is pointing out here, he's giving us a super abundance, paying the debt in full and then some because of who he is and what he did and the manner in which he suffered. Gospel is not about well, if I'm just a good person and I follow the Ten Commandments, then I'll be uh, healthy and wealthy. Nope, that's the false health and wealth gospel. The Catholic Church does not teach that. Number three. Finally, if those who came to Christ were straight away rendered immortal and impassable, this would in a kind of way compel men to receive the faith of Christ. And so the merit of believing would be lessened. That's worth repeating. Finally, if those who came to Christ were straight away rendered immortal and impassable, this would in a kind of way compel men to receive the faith of Christ. And so the merit of believing would be lessened. There's merit believing in our Lord in this veil of tears and the suffering that we go through. This is a time of trial. It's a time of testing. It's not, life is not about the endless pursuit of pleasure and power and what the world offers because the what the world offers is evanescing. Everything that the world offers is fading away. At the end of our lives, we're going to be judged by our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to be measured on how we loved him and how we loved our neighbor. That's not love like L-U-V and hearts and puppy dogs and rainbows. No, 
truly loving someone is sacrificing for them. Look at how much our Lord sacrificed for us. And when a man truly loves a woman in the romantic realm, he's not going to sin with her and he's not going to lead her into sin. That's why here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, we often talk about the importance of chastity, modesty, and self-control. And I've told this to my students many times because our world celebrates the exact opposite. And this is what Our Lady of Fatima warned about. Sins of the flesh, sins of lust, leading souls into hell more than any other sin. And she talked about modest fashions coming into the world that would offend our Lord. Well, we see immodest fashions tragically, at mass a lot of times, let alone the things that people wear on the beach. We need to get back to a culture that values chastity, modesty, and self-control. And this is the time of Lent, time to work on that. It's time once again for men to act like gentlemen and for women to act like ladies. And let's do all things with a true love of Jesus Christ and a true love of Our Lady, a true love of St. Joseph and all the angels and saints in our hearts. Like Dr. Ralph Martin, the Catholic apologist says, we should, our goal should be not to offend the Lord in the slightest thing. It's not just not committing mortal sins, which unrepented of will lead us to hell. It's not wanting to commit venial sins either because all sin is insane. All sin is offensive to God. And we keep racking up those habitual venial sins. They very often lead to mortal sins. So let's ask God for the grace to love him in everything that we do and not to offend him in the slightest thing. Let's conclude, friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism through learning and outreach available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's H-A-L-O-S-O-M-A.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information pertaining to RPM. That is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a System of Communication for Non-Speakers. Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. We had to guess as to what all of her wants and needs were. Now, thanks to God's grace, her hard work, that of her family, breaking through to open communication, we know that she's a comprehensive genius who composes music, poetry, very skilled in regards to mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Communication is a human right. RPM has done wonders for our family, and it can do wonders for many more families, but we have to get the word out there. There are so many souls in this world who are still locked in a prison of silence. RPM is getting them out of that prison of silence into the world of open communication where they rightfully belong, just like sign language did and continues to do for the deaf, or in terms of being able to read, Braille does for the blind. So thank you so much for helping us in that endeavor. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please say an Ave Maria for yours truly, and I will talk to you again very soon. Goodbye, and God love you.